over the word today. Father, thank you so much. We set ourselves in agreement to hear a word from heaven, a word that will change our lives. Lord, we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated and open your Bibles to the 91st Psalm. We're in a series called Great Expectations. And we've been looking at the 91st Psalm, how that God has his part, but we also have our part. How many of you are expecting his protection to keep you every day of your life? In Psalm 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's our responsibility to live in vital union with Him, to dwell in Him, and to live in Him, and to live for Him. And when we are dwelling in that vital union with Him, we'll begin to say some things. Verse 2 said, I will say of the Lord, Amen. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God, and in you do I fully trust. I looked at Nahum 1-7 between services. It says this, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in Him. The question I have for you, are you taking refuge in Him? Is He your fortress? Is He your high tower? Amen. And as we do that, in verse 3 it says, Surely He shall deliver you. From what? From the snare of the fowler? From the noisome pestilence? He's going to cover you with His feathers. And under his wings thou shalt trust. His word, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid. And so it's our responsibility as we're being covered in that secret place to keep fear out of our lives. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, no fear. No fear here. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at, may, may, uh, 10, at their right hand, but what will happen? It shall not come near me. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now because... You have made the Lord your refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. It's one thing to come to the secret place and dwell. It's another thing to stay in the secret place. He is your refuge. Because you've done that, now notice this, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Say that with me. No evil befalls me. Neither does any plague come near my dwelling. Why or how does that happen? Verse 11. Amen. For he shall give his... Woo, hallelujah. You've been keeping your angels busy last week? He's given his angels charge over us to do what? Now that, that word keep means to protect. It means to defend, and it, needs, it means to preserve. He will keep us in all of our ways as we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. When our ways 
align themselves with His ways, when our paths align themselves with His paths, the angels of the Lord encamps around about us and keeps us in all of our ways. Amen. We exhorted last week a little bit about being all in for Him. He was all in for us, so now we are all in for Him. Given His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Amen. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now verse 13 is what we want to preach on today. It says, Thou shalt tread, tread, trample, tread upon the lion and adder. That's devils, demons, and evil spirits. The young lion and the dragon, thou shalt trample under your feet. Now, why is it and how is it that we can do that? Well, it's very simple. When God raised Jesus from the dead in Ephesians 1.19, it says here that that the exceeding greatness of this resurrection power is available or it is toward those who believe. So we have believers here today. So what he's saying is this same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me as we believe. Now notice he says it is according to or in direct proportion to the working of his mighty power when he raised him from the dead and set him, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and what did he do? He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Amen. In the mind of God, when he died, you died. In the mind of God, when he was buried, you were buried. In the mind of God, when he was raised, you were raised. He was raised from the dead. You and I, when we call on the name of the Lord, we have been raised from the dead out of darkness into his glorious light. But that's not all. Not only have we been raised from the dead, but we've been raised together with him. Now notice the next verse. Read it with me. Far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. My brothers and sisters, you have been raised from the dead far above any name that is named. Far above cancer, far above oppression, far above depression, the name above every name. The name of the Lord is our strong tower. And we run into it and we are safe. Verse 22. And he put all things where? He put all things, every name that is named, under his feet. He is the head, we are the body, the feet are in the body. If all things are under his feet, all things have been placed under our feet. And that's why, and that's how, you can tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Amen. All things under his feet for the benefit of the church. Read verse 23 with me. Which is his body, 
the fullness of him that filleth all in all. If you've got a message for the devil, write it on the bottom of your foot. (laughs) Defeated. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. He is a stripped, under our feet, eternally defeated foe. He is not just a loser. He is the loser. <laughs> Ephesians 2, or Colossians 2.15 says this, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. One translation says, He exposed them, he defeated them, he shattered them, and he emptied them. In his final glorious triumphant act. Amen. Another translation says, He put to naught the principalities and the powers. Now the word naught there means, He reduced that rascal to nothing. He completely stripped him of all his authority. Jesus is the victor. He is the all-victorious one. And his victory is seen in three major areas. His victory was seen in his earth walk. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He took his place as a son of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he healed the sick, and he cleansed the lepers, and he raised the dead, amen, and he fed the multitudes. Jesus gave us an example of his victory in his earth walk, but oh, thank God, the second part of his victory was in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He is alive forevermore. But the third part of his victory, his victory is found in the new creation. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. You who have called upon his name have been brought into his family and you are a new creation. And in his family, you have all of his family rights. As heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the same power that he walked this earth with is on the inside of you. And so we demonstrate Satan's eternal defeat by walking in victory, by walking in righteousness, by walking in authority, and by walking in the things that God has given us. Oh, man, can you imagine what Satan saw on the day of Pentecost? Can you imagine? He just thought that once and for all, Jesus was buried. He was done with. The Bible said, had the principalities and powers known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus came out of that grave in a blaze of glory. Amen? 
And then he told his disciples, I want you to wait and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, until you be clothed with power from on high. Satan had no idea. Oh yeah, he could probably put up with the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. But on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Ghost came in power. The Holy Ghost came in glory. The Holy Ghost came in and took charge of the church and filled those in the upper room with the same spirit that Jesus was filled with. Glory to God. And you know what? People by the millions are being filled with the Holy Spirit in the earth today. There's probably at least two billion born again, spirit filled, Holy Ghost, tongue talking, divine healing, Bible believing believers in the earth today. And every time someone gets saved, Every time someone gets healed, every time someone gets filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil thinks, man, I wish we would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So his victory is found in you. His victory is found in me, in the new creation. And you rising up and walking in your righteousness, in your right standing with God. Oh, glory to God. How many of you want to please God? Well, take your faith and start pleasing God every day and walk in the victory. Hallelujah. I'm glad he didn't hoard that victory just up for himself. Hallelujah. Corinthians says, thanks be unto God, which gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Corinthians says, now, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph. Amen. And so, you and I, have been given the power to tread upon, to walk upon serpents and scorpions. You have been designed for dominion. When God made man in this earth, he said, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion or authority. That dominion was given to Adam. Adam turned it over to the devil, but Jesus came along and got it back for you and me restored dominion. Amen. Say it with me. I've been designed for dominion. Now let's look over at Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. You shall tread. I'm going to tread. Amen. I'm not going to let devils, demons, and evil spirits in my home. I'm not going to let the media minister death to me. I'm going to let the word minister life to me. Amen. I'm not going to flirt around with the spirit of this world. Thank God you and I are not of this world. I said you and I are not of this world. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. Luke 10, 19. Let's read it together. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. Point to yourself and say this, because I have authority over all the power of the enemy, I walk on top of them. And nothing at any time, not at all, can ever hurt me. Oh, amen. You know, the devil knows a lot more about this defeat, his defeat, than most Christians do. You know why? Because he was there. You know, you preach this kind of message to your basic religious 
uh, world, they just don't, I mean, they just, oh, really? No way I have authority. I mean, I'm just here for the ride. Uh-uh. The devil knows more about it than most Christians do. Not this group. This group's not suffering from a lack of knowledge. Amen. We're not in captivity because we have no knowledge. We've got knowledge. We've got the truth. And the truth is setting us free. It's kind of like, here's what you need to do. It's kind of like the guy walked into the pet store with his wife. And they had a parrot in a cage. It was up front. And the parrot said to the guy, hey, mister, mister. He looked, he says, he said, your wife is the ugliest, the dumbest woman I've ever seen. He's ready to duke it out with a parrot. So instead he goes and he tells the manager and the manager takes that parrot in the back room, pulls a couple feathers out, slaps them up a little bit. Don't you ever say anything like that to any of our customers ever again. So the man and wife are walking out and the parrot said, hey, mister. He said, what? And the parrot said, you know. (laughs) And that's the way you got to do the devil. You got to tell the devil, hey, you ugly thing. You know that Jesus whipped you. You know that Jesus defeated you. You know that I'm authorized in your name. You just look at him and say, you know. You know. You are under my feet. Amen. Amen. I think because we have the authority to drive some things out of our lives... Rather than being driven by things of the enemy, we ought to just drive them out and keep them out. You know, over in Ephesians 4 verse 27, it says this. It says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place. That word place there in the Greek is topos, T-O-P-O-S. We get our English word topographical from it. Now, you all know that a topographical map shows the countryside, it shows a region, it shows a map. So what this is saying, don't give the enemy any topos. Don't give him one inch on the map of your life. Don't give that rat an inch. Because you'll notice this, if you give him an inch, he'll try for another inch. If you give him an inch, what will he try to take? He'll try to take a mile. So then... It would behoove us then to make sure that we're not giving him any place. Any place in our thought life. Any place in our entertainment life. Any place in any area of our life. See, the entertainment of this world is not designed to give you peace. You watch some of those movies full of lust and full of violence, man, you'll have to stay up half the night and pray in tongues to get it out of you. Amen. Amen. There is no way that the spirit of this world and the spirit of this age, there's no way that we should give him any place. Amen. Amen. What this means is close every door. Close the doors on his suggestions come into your mind. Close the doors on those thoughts and those images that try to toy with your soul. You see, your mind is made up of your will and your emotions. That's your soul. 
And that is the area that the enemy tries to get a place in, tries to get access to. Amen. And that's why we teach for the last 36 years. And that's why Brenda and I have taught the word of God for the last 40 plus years on the renewal of the mind. Your mind needs to be renewed. When you got saved, your spirit got saved, but your mind didn't. Your body did not. Your mind will want to think things the way that it used to think. Your body will want to do things and go places where it used to go. And that's why he said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is your body. This is your life. Don't give the enemy any place. And then he says, be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. As your mind is renewed, your soul is sealed with peace. That came right out of my spirit. As your mind is being renewed, your soul will be sealed with a peace that passes understanding. In the spirit, as you renew your mind with the word of God, there's like a sign that says to the devil, no trespassing, Mr. Devil, that means you. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. My mind mind is my mind. mind. I choose choose to think the thoughts of God, to speak the word of God over my soul. Don't give the enemy any place. Don't give the enemy any place. Shut him down. Take the word, take the blood, take the name and refuse anything he brings to your life. Amen. It's true, folks. To be carnally minded is death. Carnal mind is a mind that thinks only on the things of the flesh. Amen? You know, how many of you have ever heard of carne asada? Or chili con carne. That means chili with meat. And when the Bible says being carnally minded, that means become a meathead. Well, we don't want to be meatheads. Amen? We want to be men and women that are full of joy and full of peace and have a sound mind. Say with me, I'm not given a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Did you know that not one single time in the New Testament, not once, are we told to pray to God the Father that he would do something about the devil? The believers told to do something about the devil. Dad Hagen in his book said this, the authority of the believer, the least member of the body of Christ has just as much power over the devil as anyone else. And unless believers do something about the devil, nothing will be done in a lot of areas. Now let's look over at James, the fourth chapter in verse seven. We've looked at Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Now notice this in James, the fourth chapter in the seventh verse. Read it with me. Ready, read. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now that word submit simply means to subject yourself to, 
It means to yield to, or it means to be in obedience to. Now, I like this next translation we're going to use. The NCV says this, So give yourself completely to God. Give yourself completely to God. Not partially, but be all in for Him. I submit to you, Thy will be done in my life. Thy plan be accomplished in every area of my life. So he says this now, So give yourself completely to me, then you'll be able to stand against the devil. Is it a good thing to stand up against the enemy? We know that he's a thief. We know that he must be resisted. So as we give ourselves completely to God, we'll be able to stand against the devil and what will happen? The devil will run from you or he will flee from you. That is, he will run from you as in terror. Amen. That means we don't have to beg God. Now listen to these statements. These are life-changing statements. If you will submit to God, the devil will have to submit to you when you resist him. Listen to this next statement. When you give God his place over you, you're ready to take your place over the enemy. And then this, give God his rightful place over you, then take your rightful place over the enemy. I'm telling you folks, he won't tangle with who you are and whose you are because you're in Christ Jesus. Now one of the biggest areas that all of us need to take complete dominion over it, over in, in, in just about every day of our lives is fear. The world is full of fear. You turn the television on, it's all fear-based. We live in a fear-based society. I mean, just listen to the way people talk sometimes. It can be a perfectly beautiful day. And you walk out on the street and you see someone, you greet them and say, Oh my goodness, what a beautiful day it is. Yeah, but did you know, tomorrow it's supposed to rain. Well, that's tomorrow. Why don't we just live today now? And when tomorrow gets here, let tomorrow take thought for itself. Amen? But as far as today is concerned, this be the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? So the whole world we live in is fear-based. Fear-based. The news is fear-based. Now listen, you have authority... To stop fear in your life. Look at John 14, 27. John 14, 27 says this. He said, peace I leave with you. My own peace I give you. And I bequeath it to you. It's not as the world gives, give I it to you. Now notice. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You are the understood subject of that sentence. You have power to not allow your heart to be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop. Read the rest with me. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated. Don't give him any place. Shut him down. Stop allowing it. Don't give him a permit. If you give him a permit, he'll want to take the driver's license. 
and take your car and everything else. Don't allow yourself to be agitated. Now, if you're going to do that biblically, you're going to have to replace the thoughts that he brings with the thoughts that God has brought in his word. I like what Proverbs says. This works for healing, but it also works for a peace-filled mind. He said, my son, attend to my word. In other words, give my word first place. My son, attend to my words. Listen to what I have to say. And here's the reason why. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they, my words, are what? My words are life to those that find them and their health, not only to your flesh, but how many of you discovered that God's word is health to your soul? God's word affects your mind. It's health to your soul. It's medicine to your soul. Listen, folks. For every fear-filled lie the devil brings to our souls, God has got several faith-filled scriptures that will absolutely oppose him and absolutely shut him down. Amen? Now, you must know what the Word says. If you don't know what the Word says, how are you going to be able to differentiate the lies that come to your soul and the truth found in God's Word? Now, let's just use this for an example. Let's just say that the enemy comes along and says, there is absolutely no way that you will ever, ever be healed. Amen. You'll never be healed. You're going to go to your grave early. You're going to die an untimely death. Is that a lie straight from the pit of hell? But now we need to then reciprocate that. And on the other end of that lie is the truth. Does anybody know what the truth says about your body? What does the truth say? The truth says himself took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. But not only that, the truth says with long life. With long life. He's going to satisfy us. He's going to show us his salvation. The devil's a liar. Yes, he is. Listen, folks, if he could have snuffed you out, he done, he done would have done it by now. Oh, yeah. I can remember back in 2003 when we bought this building and we bought this property and we weren't quite ready to have service in here. We didn't have our first service here until August of 2007. And I can remember the process that we went through as we were believing God to get the money, to get the structural engineering done. And I heard the devil say to me, you will never, ever, ever see it done. And you will never, ever be alive to have your first service here. In other words, I'm going to kill you. You are not going to make it. Now. If I would have thought about that and imagined that, what would have happened? I would have seen myself dead. I would have seen myself not making it to August 2007 and having our first service. So the enemy came along with the lie. But guess what? I refused to buy the lie. But not only did I refuse to buy the lie, I replaced the lie with the truth. 
And what was the truth? The truth is the hand of the Lord is being revealed unto me because I believe the report of the Lord and with long life, he's going to satisfy me. And he's going to show me his salvation. Well, folks, we passed August of 2018. That's 15 years out. We're going to pass August 2019. I'll tell you what, I've determined in my heart to live long and to live strong because it is the will of God. Somebody says, yeah, you can say that because you're a preacher. I know a lot of preachers that don't believe that. I know a lot of preachers that aren't saying that. But folks, the word of God is no respecter of persons. You can live and have life in abundance until it flows over. Don't you dare buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. I've heard all sorts of lies about the church. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. They're going to take this property over. They're going to take this building away from you. They're going to foreclose on you. Did you know what? Since 2003, we've made our payment timely every month. Every month. And did you know since 2003, we've always, always had enough and even more than enough. So I refused to buy the lie. And so I replaced the lie with the truth. What is the truth? My God shall supply all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, don't buy the lie. See, what, what lies... What lies have been coming to your mind? What have you been thinking on? What have you been saying? What have you been believing? You see, whatever you believe and whatever you think and whatever you say license what is coming to you to come to pass. In Job chapter 3 verse 25, he said this, The thing that I greatly feared has what? has come upon me. Folks, if you can greatly fear something, you can greatly faith something. Amen. Thank God we can shut the devil down. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and what will he do? He'll flee from you. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober. Be sober now. Amen. Well, just, just one little drink won't do me wrong, will it? One drink usually leads to two. And two leads to three. And not only that, the Bible says don't get intoxicated with wine. But rather be filled with the Spirit. Why get intoxicated with something that's false when you get intoxicated every day with the Holy Ghost? I mean, you can just drink in of the Spirit. Glory to God. You can get so drunk in the Spirit, you will hardly be able to walk out of church. I mean, you walk down the aisle and say, where's my car? And then Brian will have to drive you home. You have to get a designated driver. Amen. Highway Patrol, pull you over. What have you been drinking? I've been drinking the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Be sober. 
That's a word right there. You know, the world doesn't understand that. 35 years? You ain't had a drink in 35 years. You ain't had a puff in 35 years. Yesterday, I was sitting over at uh, Whole Foods having a big old salad. Man, I loaded that salad so high, it cost me 16 bucks. <laughs> Just call me Pastor Antioxidant Thomas. Amen. I mean, it was good. Good salad. I came home and... And Brenda says, aren't you ready to eat? I said, no, I'm not quite ready to eat yet. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sitting over there and I look over to my right and there's a, a Sikh gentleman over there. And I recognized him from Club Sport, the place I work out at, and talked to him. And he came over and sat near me. And, and uh, I started talking a little bit about Jesus. Yeah. Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. How many of you know God loves Sikh people? Yeah. God loves Muslims. Look at your neighbor and say, let's talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. And I, I quoted scripture to him. I said, you know, Jesus said, he was talking about love and how we need to express love. I said, you know, Jesus said that uh, love does no, does no harm to his neighbor. Jesus said, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Love your neighbor. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then I, I felt, you know what? I'm going to give him my testimony. And I said, you know, way back in 1974, I said, I was a heroin addict. And I said, I came to Jesus Christ and made him my Lord and Savior. I said, I called on the name of the Lord. And you know what? I got saved. I got saved. And man, he got quiet. He just, like a turtle, he went back into his shell. <laughs> he may not have understood what happened to me and how that could have happened, but he heard the good news. Amen. Don't you ever despise opening your mouth and telling what God has done for you. That gentleman could have very gone home all night and heard that scripture over and over again. I called on the name of the Lord and he'll, you'll be saved. Amen. The world may not understand it, but thank God what we've got is out of this world. And that's why he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Say it with me. He may not, he may not. devour me. Now notice this next verse. It says, Whom resist steadfast with your faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. This word resist there is a very interesting word. How many have ever heard the word antihistamine? So what does an antihistamine do? An antihistamine tries to block the receptors of histamine in your body, right? That's why people take antihistamines. Well, the Greek word for resist there is antihistamine. We get antihistamine from it. And what this is saying is when you resist the devil, when you antihistamine him, when you oppose him, it blocks him, it gives him no place, it resists him, and it shuts him down and puts him on the run. Come on, somebody. So opposing the enemy's thoughts 
is the opposite of yielding to him. Amen? Amen. Listen, folks, the same way that Jesus resisted the devil by saying it is written is the same way that you can do it. How many of you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Reinhard Bonnke? Reinhard Bonnke literally went to the nation continent of Africa and that continent was shaken by the power of God. I mean, people by the thousands and the millions came to Christ through Reinhardt's ministry. And Reinhardt said this, that Jesus spoke to him. You know, if Reinhardt said it, I'd listen. If Reinhard Bonnke said the Lord spoke to him, I would listen to him. And here's what he said. He said, Jesus said to me, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. <laughs> oh, did you get, let me read it once again. He said, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. So take the word, believe the word, speak the word. In closing, I believe God wants us to drive some things out. How about you? Amen. Do you remember that day that Jesus went into the temple and cleansed it? Remember that day? There were money changers there and, and the seats of them that sold doves. And Jesus basically said, look, my house shall be called the house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. And the Pharisees of that day and the Sadducees and the scribes got really upset. And they said this to Jesus in Matthew 21 and 23. And I'm paraphrasing for the sake of time. In Matthew 21, 23, they said, and, he, and when he was come into the temple, everyone say the temple. The chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? You didn't consult with us. I want you to notice that that day he not only drove out the money changers, but he also drove out blindness and he drove out lameness. And he healed them all. And I want you to know today that you're the temple of God. That was the temple back then. But you are the very temple of God. And you have authority to drive out anything and everything that defiles. You have authority and dominion to drive out fear. To drive out depression. To drive out anything and everything under the curse of the law. Listen friends, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder. You shall trample them under your feet. Let's stand up. Amen. Praise the Lord.